Pulse of Elkhart. This is On the Beat with Carl Stutzman. And welcome to On the Beat on the Heart 1340 AM, 101.9 FM. Carl Stutzman, good to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, very excited to have on the line with me. Uh, well, I, I, I had to ask about the title before we got to this one. It's it's just a, it's a really cool thing that is happening over in the Elkhart School System. It's called Elk Logics, and it's all about robotics and engineering stuff that is way above my head as as a simple radio guy. Uh, had to talk to the man who's kind of heading it all up, and that is uh, Nick Seidel. He is the robotics coach, also a teacher in uh, engineering with the Elkhart School System. Nick, welcome to the program. I got to say, it's it's a really cool group you got going there. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you know, any opportunity that we have to kind of share our story and what we do, we, we take advantage of. So um, thank you for inviting me on. So uh, for someone who hasn't heard of Elk Logics, and I mean, I myself will only have kind of a whatever I've been able to find on the Internet sort of knowledge. Uh, give us the details. What is it? Sure. So we are a robotics team. Um, we consist of students from both Elkhart High School campuses. Uh, and we participate in a program called FIRST, which is an acronym for, for Inspiration and Recognition in Science Technology. Um, each year, uh, normal years anyways, um, we get given a game that the robot has to be able to play. Um, we find that out right when we come back in January. And then we've got six to eight weeks to build a robot. Um, we go and compete. Um, if we do well at our two events, um, we qualify for state. And if we do well there, we qualify for worlds. Um, which is normally up in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we accept students from both campuses, which is kind of moot going into next year, um, seeing as we're all one school at that point completely. Uh, <clears throat> this year, um, our competitions looked a little bit different. Um, we can't go out and compete. Um, so what we were able to do this year is take some time, and we were given some tasks that the robot from last year could do, um, videotape them, send them in, and so the really cool part about that is normally, you know, we can make some improvements to the robot between competitions, but it's a very narrow window. Um, this year, we were able to take a robot we built last year and really focus on certain parts and improving it. So even though we lost the experience in terms of designing something new, the students gained a lot of experience in, okay, so how do I improve upon or innovate on something I already have? Well, and that's uh, that's a good that's a good real life application. I mean, when we're talking about engineering, it's not always building from scratch. It's finding a way to innovate and repurpose technology that already exists. And uh, you know, in real life, that's what businesses want. They don't want to have to put in the resources to build something brand new every time. Correct. And you know, one of the things that we look at with this program is okay. So you're not really going to be able to go out and get a job building robots that shoot Nerf balls. Like that's not a thing usually. Um, but the skills that they pick up, you know, then being able to analyze something, to think critically, to isolate variables if something isn't working, um, those are the skills that they kind of walk away with that do translate into job skills in the future. Well, I, I think it's just such a, it's such an interesting thing. Um, you know, I'm, I am by no means an old man at this point, but when I was in high school, you know, more than a decade ago, the concept of a robotics team, uh, let alone a group of people just building a robot for anything school related, didn't really exist. It's, it's incredible how far it's come to now being something that is, you know, widely supported by individual school systems to where you have, you know, state and national competitions. Correct. And, you know, um, one of the things is, is that, yes, um, First Robotics in particular, um, and there's other organizations out there that host robotics competitions. We're involved with First. um, But how much they've been able to expand their programming throughout the years. Um, I was on a team back when I was in high school, 
And it was a very different world back then. You know, the technology operated different. There was far fewer teams um, to today where Indiana, we've got 58 teams currently. Uh, Michigan has hundreds of teams. Um, their government was funding a bunch of their rookie teams for several years. Uh, and so they really exploded in that direction. Um, we were actually fortunate enough last year, right before everything shut down, to go compete in the Upper Peninsula. Um, us competing out of state is kind of like an athletic team that is playing a non-conference game to kind of tune up before you get into league play. So we were able to make that. Um, we got home on Sunday night. Um, we were supposed to go over to Penn for a competition the following Saturday. And by the time Wednesday rolled around, the, the whole world was uh, definitely going in a different direction than I think anyone could have predicted. Can I ask how the team typically does in a given year? Sure. So, you know, we have up years and down years. Um, the best we've done is finish 12th overall in the state. Uh, we've had some down years in between there. And then the last several years, we've probably been around the, you know, 20th place out of, you know, 50, 60 teams, 58 to 60 teams, depending on the year. So middle of the pack um, for this year, one of the neat things was that even though we couldn't compete at competitions, we still had to compete by submitting these videos. Well, for submitting videos, we're not really locked in by geography. So each team got assigned to a random group this year. Um, so the random group we were in, there was one other team from Indiana. There's a couple from Michigan. Um, there was teams from Canada, Brazil, China. Wow. Um, and we wanted, wound up uh, third place overall in that group for this year. So that's kind of the highest we've been able to rank in terms of an individual competition before. That's pretty great. Uh, and and that's also uh, exciting experience to, to, to really you know go against people from outside of the United States. I mean, that's not even just going to Michigan. I mean, a team from Brazil, that's crazy. And that's the kind of the other thing first has been able to expand on in recent years is what other countries um, have teams. It used to be primarily U.S. and then Canadian based. Um, but now, you know, teams come from Brazil, from Mexico. Um, they actually have enough teams in Israel that they host several events over there. Um, China has a few events. Australia has a few events. And a lot of times, even if we're not competing with them directly, you know, they'll come over to the United States for off-season events, um, which is kind of cool because then you can kind of see – you know, how did they approach things? Um, you know, how did they organize their team that may have been different than what we do and, and things like that? Well, it's STEM is STEM programs and especially I think maybe even on the the engineering side of it has gotten so much of a focus in education. People are realizing the importance that that plays moving forward. Um, you know, tell me about how this how being part of this program kind of affects the students outside of the classroom. And, you know, once they move on to the next level of their lives. Sure. So um, obviously, you know, our students get to the point where they, they graduate and move on into the world. Um, And we had a lot of success stories in that regard. Um, We have students who went directly into the workforce. Um, We had one former student between learning the CAD software we use on both with us and through the career center was able to, get a job right out of high school. That's paying more than my, I get paid. So um, that was neat experience for him. He was two years out of high school and is a homeowner. Now um, we've got students who do robotics programming um, for different manufacturing companies in town. We've had students who go on to secondary, excuse me, post-secondary education. Um, we've sent students down to Purdue. We have students who go to IUSB. Um, I actually have one former member of our team went down to uh, Georgia Tech, got his aeronautical engineering degree, and is working on a PhD at University of Michigan now. Wow, that is that is unbelievable. That's it, I, I noticed one theme in there. Uh, it is the location, you know, Elkhart being kind of the middle of the manufacturing world. Is is that is that? 
I don't, I don't really know how to... It just seems like there's a unique connection there between the amount of manufacturing and how much that industry has been relying on new technology and then being able to have students in a robotics program at the high school level. Right. So obviously, you know, through the last several years, um, automation in the manufacturing world has become a bigger and bigger thing. And so a lot of things that our students learn, you know, different sensors, even our programming language we use, we use something called LabVIEW that was created primarily for automation and using sensors and feedback and that kind of thing. Um, so that's where we see a lot of our students winding up if they choose to stay in Elkhart. Um, in terms of community support, you know, every team that's out there has some community support that's involved with that. Uh, so for us, you know, there's not a whole lot of engineering that happens at Elkhart. There's a lot of manufacturing. So we've been fortunate that, you know, sometimes if we need a part cut out, um, we need materials, things like that, that we've got a strong base in our community that's been able to support us in that. You know, other other teams might have, you know, like there's teams in West Lafayette that have Purdue students as some of their coaches and mentors. So they've got some of the engineering background, but maybe they don't have as much access to some of the manufacturing that we do up here. That's just a really cool combination of uh, two worlds kind of colliding here locally. Uh, students uh, call out wise, I mean, you know, when you when you put the call out at the at the start of the year, or whenever you do it, uh, how many kids are you seeing that are interested in the program? Uh, so normally we do our call out um, usually late August, early September um, to kind of really get going. Because we use the off season to prototype, to train, um, to practice some of the skills before we have to go into the uh, nitty gritty of build season. Um, But usually most years, we've got usually about 20 to 25 kids on the team. Um, We're a little bit smaller this year, I think, you know, with um, COVID out there. A lot of students were working virtually. And we try to accommodate those students as best we can. But, you know, you don't have the draw of being able to travel to Indianapolis and Kokomo and um, West Lafayette for competitions. We didn't have quite the draw this year. We were at about 12 kids for this year. Um, We expect those numbers to go back up next year. If uh, if there's a kid that's listening to this or a parent that says, wow, this sounds like something, you know, my child is going to be interested in, how do they reach out? How do they be a part of this? So the easiest way to get information about our team, and we usually post information about upcoming events, including callouts, um, would be follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, for both of those, we're at ElkLogix. Okay. Um, and then my last question for you here, I, I don't know if this is going to be a tough one for you or not. If you had to pick your all-time favorite robot that you as a team have built, uh, what would it be and what was its task? I'm actually proudest of the robot that we completed most recently. Um, so it was meant to be our 2020 robot when we got to use it for 2021. Um, that was the first year because each of these games that we play every year have several tasks that have to occur on the field. Um, this was the first year where we were able to build a robot that could successfully complete all of the tasks. Um, and so, and we also had a much smaller envelope we were trying to package the robot into, and we were able to successfully pull that off. So that was kind of the cool thing about that robot was, you know, what we were able to achieve. A lot of it was based on lessons learned from previous years, but we had a very neat robot that kind of fit in a tiny package, and it, it worked out well for us. What did, what did it have to do? What were the tasks? So this year's game, um, slash last year's game, um, there was a Star Wars theme game. Um, basically, you scurry around the field and you pick up Nerf balls, and there's a high goal and a low goal, and you get more points, obviously, for shooting than a high one. Um, there is a wheel with different colors on it on the floor um, that's kind of sitting on a, a tripod of some sort. Um, and the robot has to be able to go over there and spin that a certain number of times and then spin it to a certain color. Um, so being able to not only manipulate that, but also to sense what color and how many times you spun it around. And then at the end of the match, there is a this giant teeter-totter thing that the robots can hang from. 
Um, and so you get extra points from hanging for that. And then you also get additional points if you're able to get it balanced. Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention was also the beginning of the match. You have what's called the autonomous period where the robot has to operate on its own free of driver control. Um, so you have to program, you know, sensors and timing and everything to be able to get the robot to do what you want in that period of time. It's it's amazing that the work that you're doing at this level, you know, eventually you, you go up the technology chain. It works into vehicles that are driving themselves and things we're launching into space to run and adjust satellites and basically make all of our lives work. Uh, it It's pretty mind-blowing that this is kind of where all that technology uh, melds together. Did it have a name, by the way? Did you name the robot? Um, we call it Sisu, which um, is a Finnish word. It doesn't have a direct English translation, um, but it kind of means like nitty-gritty or guts. Um, the reason why we picked that was last year, uh, we decided very last minute that we were going to head up to the UP. We thought we had a few more weeks, um, and we were going to go to Penn and compete and then go down state a few weeks after that. And we had this opportunity pop up, and it was one of those where the robot wasn't done yet, but we're going to move up our timeline. And so we felt that that was kind of a nitty gritty kind of, you know, stick it, stick together and get it done kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going up to the UP, you know, the upper peninsula is largely populated by people who are from Finnish descent. Um, so we kind of brought that in from their culture um, as kind of a example of what our robot was there to do. I love it. I love it. Uh, Coach Nick Seidel for Elk Logics, that is the uh, robotics team there at Elkhart High School. Uh, you guys are doing something really cool. I love that you're getting the kids involved and uh, just uh, hope for your success in the future. So thanks for chatting with me. Awesome. Again, thank you for having us, um, getting the opportunity to share our story. Um, the other thing uh, I wanted to add was that, you know, Coming up here um, in the next few weeks, we're currently offering a Lego robotics class at McNaughton Park. Um, the current session ends in a few weeks, but we're going to be doing a summer session, and that's through Elkhart Parks and Rec. Um, you'll also see us over the summer um, through the Summerscape Day Camp program that the Education Foundation is putting together. That's awesome. I, yeah, I, if, if, you're, if you think this is something your kid would enjoy, uh, get out there. We'll uh, make sure we get a link posted up there, too, uh, to be able to take part in that event. Uh, Nick, thanks again. You have a good one. You too, thank you. All right, we got more coming up on The Beat on the Heart 1340 AM, 101.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.